Hello and welcome back to this episode of Biola Backstage. I am your host, Charlotte McKinley, and here with me today are two very special guests, Dr. Chris Grace and his wife, Elisa Grace. They are the directors of the Biola Center for Marriage and Relationships, and they're here today for a very special Valentine's Day episode where we talk about things such as dating, intentional dating, casual dating, what healthy relationships look like, all sorts of things like that. So make sure you buckle your seatbelts because this is going to be a wild ride. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Thank you so much, Dr. Grace and Elisa, for joining me here today. I'm really excited to talk about some of these different things. Could you start off by introducing who you both are and um, what you do? Yeah, sure. We'd love to. Uh, I'm a professor here in psychology for like about a thousand years now. And then uh, (laughs) we started maybe 10 years ago, Elise and I started a center for marriage and relationships through the president's office. We sat together one time and talked about, hey, how can we help relationships bring in both good research, a good biblical foundation, and then some practical things. And of all the universities, we should be the one leading on how to do good, healthy relationships and marriages. And so as a psychologist and former vice president, I said to him, that, that, that'd be awesome. I think my wife and I would love to do that. And so that's what Elise and I get to do. Mm-hmm. My background is in communication. And so together we co-direct the center. So we actually work together, live together, do everything together, 24-7, <laughs> 365. We have a lot of togetherness. That's yeah. right. And it's fun. And it is fun. L- the good news is we've been married for, well, a- about a thousand years and, <laughs> and, and and we're still in love and still enjoy it. So uh, it d- hasn't put any undue strain. It's al- actually made it really fun and better. Yeah. Nice. My parents, they own a an accounting practice. So Sweet. they also are around each other all the time. Yeah. And I know so many people, well, I don't know people, but I know my parents have said that they know so many people who are like, how can you work with your spouse? <laughs> like, aren't you tired of them? Uh, <laughs> yeah. I think the pandemic really brought that to light. For that, a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. To be together in the same house. Although that was way more restrictive. You know, we get to yeah. blow and go and yeah. do stuff. But that pandemic really did a number on a lot of couples. Yeah. yeah, and so like your parents, hopefully you can survive it. And and I think that's what's the cool thing is we get to study even things like that. Yeah. You know, people that don't spend a lot of time together, are they more healthy? You know, they, they have different jobs, different work environments, see each other only, you know, once, you know, a night for a very brief period of time. Does that help or hurt relationships? And those are the very kinds of questions we get to study. But now I think, though, uh, one of the focuses besides marriage is on relationships mm. and dating and healthy relationships, healthy engagement. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we love being able to do that. And that's why we get yeah. to do it together. It's fun. Fantastic. Now, for all of our listeners listening to it, when it comes out, it's Valentine's week, not necessarily the day because it comes out on like a Tuesday or something. (laughs) So I wanted to ask a few different questions specifically about Biola's culture of dating and everything like that. So from both of your perspectives, what has Biola's culture of dating been like? Is it healthy, unhealthy? What are your thoughts? Yeah. Well, you know, it's always a mixture of both, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. there are people who navigate this really, really well. And I think the vast majority of students at Biola are healthy students 
And healthy students tend to, you know, they're emotionally sound. And we all have struggle. And some of those struggles, you know, feel like they can influence and feel like the culture can be really difficult for them. But I think overall, most students are healthy. Most concepts of dating are healthy. However, there are a few interesting quirks that happen, probably because we're a Christian Mm -hmm. university and trying to live a different lifestyle than maybe some of the peers that you have. You know, I think a lot of Bible students have friends at UC schools or Cal State schools, and I just think they're kind of impacted by a culture here at Biola that's a lot more conservative and therefore it leads to some quirky issues. Mm-hmm. For, for example, trying to define a date or pray for somebody or spending time worrying about or thinking through a good date or then sometimes getting lost in the sense of, oh no, I went on a date with somebody. I wonder if this could lead to marriage where you know, it, it, it's it, not everybody, but sometimes, wow, he looked at me, he must be interested. We went on a date. I wonder if this is my husband. Well, I better start praying for him. Well, you know, there's good in that, but it could sometimes jump the gun. Yeah, or the people around you. You know, not only is it more conservative than, you know, some of the state schools, obviously, but it's smaller. And so you're really living your life in a fishbowl when you're on campus. I think for students, not only wondering those things that you were just saying, Chris, about yourself, but all of a sudden you're seeing people that are eating together in the calf. Oh, I always see them walking to class together. I'm seeing them in the library. Oh, I wonder, you know, I wonder, you know, shipping them. Is that still a thing? Anyway, just thinking through that and and being careful not to put more pressure on a, someone else's relationship, either because we're joking and, you know, we're just kind of giving them a hard time, or we may seriously be thinking about that. So in order to really b- embrace a healthy perspective of dating, what it is, what it isn't, what it could look like, what it should look like, not only from a biblical perspective, but from a really healthy psychological perspective as well. No, I love that, Lisa. It's because, and, and it's not as if Biola is any unique or different from mm-hmm. other universities where, you know, students and people that are dating here, are, you know, they have friends elsewhere. It's not like, but I, I think, Lisa, you made a great point. Sometimes it's other people that can mess up a relationship mm-hmm. just because they constantly put pressure on you or ask you questions or, hey, I saw you with that guy getting coffee. We, we just talked to a pastor who's been out of Biola for 30 years, okay? And he said his number one struggle at Biola was that his sister was one year younger than him. She came to Biola. They were both tall, but he's blonde. She's very dark headed and they hung out because they loved each other as a brother and sister and everybody tried to ship them and he didn't use that word back then but he said everybody thought i was dating this girl so i never got any dates or people come to oh well how long you been with this girl like that's my sister and so i think lisa you're right that pressure can be something that has to be navigated sometimes uniquely at a place like biola what would you say a healthy view and relationship with dating looks like and then how do you have that relationship and view. Man, that's that that's that's the great question. To me, one word, it's friendship. Take a friendship, dissect it. Figure out what makes it good. What's a good friendship? Well, who do I, who do you like? Who do you enjoy hanging around with? Are they kind? Are they funny? Are they do you have same interests? Well, 
then you probably will quickly develop or could develop a good friendship with that person. It doesn't matter if it's somebody that you may eventually develop romantic feelings for. That will come. If I can point to somebody, a relationship that's healthy, it's somebody who does relationships by, with friendships well. Mm. They hang out. They talk. They, they're interested in each other and uh, in, in what they do. But they don't let the romance come in too early and ruin the friendship. So one word for me, healthy dating involves a healthy dose of a friendship. And in fact, it is the key to even healthy marriages is a good friendship. Yeah, I would completely agree. That's a that's a great word. And I would say another word that that I would add in there would be time. Giving yourself, giving your relationship the gift of time to really form that important friendship. And so that means that you're going to want to set some pretty good, firm, emotional, as well as physical boundaries. We talk about physical boundaries in relationships a lot, but people don't always consider the emotional boundaries. And that means that you take it slow, you take it easy, you get to know the person, you, you get to know their character before you know, before you're really getting into the romantic part of it. And especially before you're doing, you know, the hand-holding, kissing, hugging kind of stuff, because that colors your perception and can oftentimes cause you to be willing to overlook things that you normally wouldn't if you weren't romantically involved right away. So just taking your time to develop that foundation of commitment and trustworthiness. You need to know, are they dependable? Do they tell the truth? What are they like when they get angry? How do they handle disappointment? You know, what are some of the ways they treat other people who can do nothing for them? You know, those kind of character issues you want to get to know, and that takes time. There's no substitute for that gift of time. Yeah, there, there, I, I, I really messed this up uh, when I was an undergrad. Well, that was just a couple of years ago now, but as an undergrad, <laughs> I, I would, uh, there was a girl I was dating and I and we got kind of emotionally close. I really liked her. She was in the same dorm. We hung out. We did fun things. You know, she was cute. And she wasn't that cute. No, she wasn't that cute. No. <laughs> but what ended up happening was, after about two months of dating, time was really important because it started to show some things that I really didn't like about this person. That and and it was the opposite of healthy. So, for example. We were studying in a room and I was messing around and teasing her about something, throwing a piece of paper at her, you know, while she's trying to study. And I'm over in the other corners trying to study. And she kind of says, don't do that. Kind of, I don't know if the word snarky is still used, but kind of snappy, ugly. And so I thought, oh, she's just messing around. So I did it again, threw another piece of paper at her a few minutes later. And she really kind of got angry. Like, don't do that. I'm trying to study. You're always interfering. And I'm like, whoa. Well, that mm. to me only would have come out after a while when she, for whatever reason, felt more free to show her the side that she doesn't want to show most people. You know, the front part stuff was like, oh, really nice. So I think, Lisa, your idea of time helps us to see more about a true person and whether or not there are personality traits or characteristics or patterns that are unhealthy. So healthy people may be dating, not compatible, but they're doing the, they're spending good time together, but not so much that they become so emotionally enmeshed. Mm. And then they spend enough time though to get to see the unhealthy patterns, right? That anger that she showed. 
there was someone else one time I remember dating and it was completely about trust issues. Like she just lied about a little thing like being with this friend of hers, but she wasn't. And like, well, that's weird. Why would she lie about that? So healthy is also the absence of unhealthy. And sometimes that takes time. Hmm. People like to show their good side and that's the healthy. Well, time begins to uncover, wait a minute really doesn't seem to do anything other than be on social media, TikTok, playing video games all night long. And then he complains about not being, about being tired. Wait a minute. Why is he always tired and failing classes? Well, it's because he's doing these other weird things. Is that bad? Oh, well, if it interferes with things, you want to date him? Well, I don't know. Would you date somebody who's constantly 24 seven tuned in onto social media, Mm -hmm. TikTok, video games? at the expense of other things so that's a great and a great way to put that chris we always talk about is that you want to date for patterns Mm. not potential Mm -hmm. date for patterns that you see in the other person's life and that only comes with a gift of time to establish what do i see over the long haul as opposed to well they have the potential to be much better because you really have no guarantee that they're ever going to rise up to that level of potential now that's leaving room that we all grow we all change we all mature hopefully over time but again that's giving yourself the gift of time to see what patterns of behavior patterns of attitudes that you see in the other person man lisa that's so perfect because check this out You could be dating somebody, feel like it's good, going well, but but they're a little bit uh, maybe, let's say, unkind to people uh, when they get angry or when they when they get stressed. Like mm-hmm. like for example, they kind of snap at drivers when they're driving, or mm-hmm. when they order food from somebody, they're like, "Well, can't you hurry up?" Or and yeah. and all of a sudden, mm-hmm. Lisa, I think your idea of the of your word potential is. Somebody who's so closely connected or wants to love this person or like them might overlook it and go, well, they have the potential to change. They won't be, when they, when, only when they get stressed. They'll, they'll get better. They're working on that. But what you're saying is that's an important pattern mm-hmm. that actually past behavior is the best predictor of future behavior. Mm-hmm. Right? So if their past behavior is showing all of these things in their current behavior, that's what they're likely going to be when when they are later on. Not the potential for getting better. I remember thinking to that of that girl. Well, maybe she just got mad. Maybe she maybe this has just been a rough semester and she won't be like that. And and something told me I was looking, I think, at the potential of her getting better when in reality Thankfully, I felt the sense of, mm, I think there's more to this. So Thankfully. Great, I, I think that's great words of wisdom. Mm. Look for patterns. That's the best predictor mm-hmm. of success, not potential of mm-hmm. change. Or, well, he'll get a job one day. He'll stop playing video games. Like, okay, <laughs> maybe he will. But his pattern right now says he's in pretty much in love with doing all of this. Earlier, Elisa, you talked about and mentioned emotional boundaries. Could you explain a bit more about that? When I first started in my first relationship, it's now since ended, which is all right, but 
we decided we were like okay we need to sit down and talk about like boundaries and everything and he brought up a whole bunch of physical boundaries and mm. whatnot and mm-hmm. i was like okay well we need to talk about emotional boundaries too because yeah. at the time i hadn't i'd known this fella for a couple months but we didn't like know each other like super well so i was like we're just starting into a relationship i don't want to feel like i have to tell you everything mm. like at this stage and i don't want you to feel like you have to tell me every single little thing but what are your thoughts on emotional boundaries and what emotional boundaries should we be putting in place when we first start into a relationship maybe later down the road in the relationship things like that yeah well that's such a great question charlotte and i think you were really wise to consider that we don't we don't often do that couples don't often do that and I think one of the principles you really start from is from Proverbs 4.23, that it's, it says to guard your heart because it's the wellspring of life, right? Guard your heart. So what does that mean? Well, when you go back and you look at the Hebrew for the word heart, it's really so much more encompassing than just your emotions. It means your thoughts, your actions, your Dreams. emotions, What's dreams, that? Your dreams, passion. your aspirations. It's a, it's a totality of who you are as a being, right? And so it's saying guard the essence of who you are deep in your core because that's the wellspring of life. And so what does that look like to guard that? So I would say we probably have five or six keys to think about when it comes to setting emotional boundaries. And the first one we talked about, which is to go slow and steady. You want to start in the the shallow end of the pool before you swim to the deep end, right? You want to get your feet wet. You want to get used to the water. Know what, what you're dealing with, getting to know the person before you go into the deep end. And so that just comes with time. Another point would be to maintain your friendships because when you're starting out in a new relationship it can be so tempting to want to spend all of your extra time together because you're getting to know them you're liking what you see you're just having a great time and all of a sudden down the road you start to realize wow you know what or actually what you what normally happens is your friends start saying where have you been? We never hang out anymore together. Your parents and your family are saying, how come you don't come home on the weekends anymore? Because it can be very tempting just to put all of our spare time on the calendar with that one person. So it's important in a, to set an emotional boundary of maintaining those deep, meaningful friendships outside of that dating relationship. Spend time with your friends. Spend time with the people you regularly do. And so it's a good balance of both. I love that, Lisa. And I think, Charlotte, your question is also, you guys set some good boundaries, but they seem to maybe impede or stop the relationship Mm -hmm. from growing or cause some problems. Mm -hmm. So one of the things we think is it's probably better to err on one side, the side you guys erred on, rather than erring on the side of getting your guard down way too quick, way too early, and then you face weird or different problems. I would tell you right now, if you ask my assessment, I don't think your issues down the road were because you set too strong a boundaries. I think mm-hmm. it was probably due to compatibility or not being able to talk and, and dive in. I don't, th- the setting of boundaries doesn't, just because you don't do it early on, doesn't mean you can't learn to communicate and talk at a deep level later on. 
your principle is very sound, even if it didn't work, let's say in this case, the soundness is if you let your guard down too early in areas like spiritually, like I shared my heart with him about where, what God is leading and where he's prompting me and some of my quiet times when God speaks mm -hmm. to my heart and, 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 and you start doing things like that or I told him some of my deepest fears or dreams or you know my childhood and the big things that impacted me. Either you do too much or you do too little, but it's better to do too little because you let your guard down spiritually. It leads to more emotionally feeling connected to somebody, which then can open up door to physical. And then pretty soon you're now dealing with those issues. So emotional boundaries, Charlotte, I think in your case are the best way to go. Even if you kind of wonder, but if we would have shared a little bit more, we might have gotten closer later on or revisited that. I honestly don't think that there is many negatives by doing what you did. And it's probably mm -hmm. due to something else. Lack of compatibility, lack of good connection. Because you would dive deep immediately with somebody. So so those are the things that Elisa talked about. I think, you know, time and then friendship and then letting your guard down too early, Lisa. So there's yeah, in the, in the area of spiritual closeness. Yeah. So probably another one would be you really want to wait uh, before you use the words, I love you, and that you start talking about a future together. I know some students that they're just not out of maliciousness or being careless, but they're just very emotionally close with their friends, guys and girls, and they're very quick to say, oh, I love you, love you, okay, love you. And so we, say, we see that translating into the dating relationship where that really means something different, or at least it should. And to say that too early, to give those special words away almost cheapens it in a way from the real thing that comes with time, commitment, trust, and that, that a deeper relationship. So you want to be careful about using those words because remember, dating really is a journey of building trust. And that, again, is going to take some time. And so you want to allow time for your relationship to go through, let's say, at least four seasons, you know, of the winter, summer, spring, fall calendar, but also seasons of life where you see, like we talked about before, how they handle stress from school, how they handle conflict with people, how they're handling disappointments, things like that. Um, so you want to give it a good four seasons before you really start talking about a future together. And here's why that's important, Charlotte. It's because where your conversations go, your heart will go too. And sometimes prematurely, I remember when Chris and I were very first started to date, we were actually dating long distance. I was in Texas and he was in Colorado and he was coming to, down to Texas to visit a couple of times. I think we'd only been really seeing each other for, you know, two or three months, not even seeing each other, talking on the phone long distance and visiting in person maybe once a month. But I distinctly remember my sister asking me one time and she said, Lise, are you going to marry this guy? And I was just like, oh, please, please, please don't say that. And what I meant was don't even introduce that idea into my head because I really like this guy and he seems really great, but I don't want my heart to get too far ahead. I don't want to go too deep 
emotionally before our relationship really is ready for it. And so you got to be careful with what you talk about because your your heart will go where your words are going. So you want to be sure and hold off on that area. Now that also raises up another question sure. of how does one date someone seriously with the intention of marriage and one, still have fun with them and mm-hmm. two, figure out if this person really is marriage material? Mm-hmm. Because at least from my perspective, I don't want to date someone just for fun. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go on like one date and be like, oh yeah, that was fun, free meal. Mm-hmm. That's all. Because I personally, that doesn't appeal to me. And mm-hmm. also I don't want to be wasting my time. Mm-hmm. And also I just much rather be stay at a friendship type of level. Mm-hmm. But then once you get like, for me, my perspective, and this might have been completely skewed, mm. was uh, if I start dating you, I want to date you because I think I could see a future with you yeah. type of a thing. Sure. So, And I think a lot of people at Biola are dating with something like that intention or some mm-hmm. people are have a different view of dating and mm-hmm. want to date not like that, but then they see a guy and the guy's like, we're going to get married and they're mm-hmm. like, ah, this is the first date. This is actually the first five minutes of the first date. <laughs> Slow so, down there. So basically, yeah. how do you date someone seriously yeah. and have fun, figure out if this person is marriage yeah. material, all that? Oh, man, a great question. I, mm-hmm. I would say one big problem that you have to face is differences of expectations of what dating is, differences of the way you envision it. And it's not bad to actually talk about that with somebody. So a healthy view of dating would say, go on dates, but think of them as times to enhance a friendship and talk more and understand and learn about, there's so many good things that happen with dating, is that you get to know somebody, but you also get to know yourself better. Mm -hmm. More importantly, you get to know what you like in another person and what you find you don't like. So suppose you decide, you know, I'm not gonna date anybody until I'm really wanting to just find the one and, and I've gotten a friendship with him, then I'll start dating. Well, there could be things that come up during there, like, wow, during a friendship, this was great, but I don't really like this now in a romantic partner, and I didn't know that. If you had dated others and just had fun with it, but made it your goal to keep a friendship, but to use it as a almost like a lens on your heart, their heart, what you like, what they like, what a couple should be like, so I went out with somebody who was very um, fun, loved Jesus, had all these great qualities, and one of the main things she lacked was a sense of humor. Mm. Well, I didn't know that until we started dating, and then we found I, she really didn't laugh at the same things I did, and, and, and she kind of was like, well, okay, I guess that's funny. Well. It turns out that's a big deal to me, Mm. but I wouldn't have known that if I didn't use dating as an opportunity to learn more about myself and others and have fun doing it. But sometimes you can run into your problem, which is you start dating somebody and they're like, let's get married. You're like, okay, hold on here. Let me give you my philosophy of dating. So maybe students need to pull that out. Hey, what's your philosophy of dating? Well, mine is I could tell right away God leads my spirit and I'm going to marry this person. Like, okay, I'll tell you what, maybe we shouldn't go on a date. My philosophy is let's just go have fun and enjoy. And if this works, you take all the pressure off and just say, this is just to get to know each other and they open up the opportunity for more. 
but it's not about a marriage. It's so have your dating philosophy known and thought through and and ask somebody else. It's okay. Hey, if you asked me on a date, that sounds great. Now, I want you to know what I think about dating. First of all, I love to get to know people and I'm looking forward to get to knowing you and us. That sounds fun on a date. But it's going to take a long time before I ever start thinking about anything more than that. Let's let time take its course. That's my philosophy. Have fun and enjoy. Now, what's your philosophy on dating? And maybe that's one way. I don't know. It seems a little bit awkward, but yeah. what do you think? <laughs> well, I completely agree. I completely agree. You know, there's there's some pros and cons for both dating for fun or casually dating, where that would be, hey, we're both coming into this with no expectation of seriousness or commitment. We just want to enjoy each other. Uh, there, You know, there can be a place for that where yeah. someone is just looking for, hey, I'm young. I'm a freshman at Biola. I'm a sophomore. I'm not looking to get married yet. I still have a lot of school to finish. I have some things I want to do in life. I maybe want to go to grad school and I'd like to have that done before I get married. So I'm not really in a place to, to date in a serious way right now, but I would still enjoy having that kind of companionship, having someone that is my and one to go to, someone that I really enjoy being with and they enjoy being with me, but neither one of us are in a place right now that that we're able to say, hey, yeah, let, let's think about getting married. What, what are you thinking, Chris? Well, Lisa, I think, tell them about something that you thought of or we talked about and we do at our center called It's Just Coffee and, and how that takes away the stigma and it allows just to yeah. be for a friend. What, so we have this exercise called It's Just Coffee. Yeah. So it, what we do is we have our students in our Christian Perspectives on Relationships class. We talk about how to tone down and slow down the whole dating process so that you're not going on that first date like you talked about and oh I think the the spirit is telling me that we're going to get married it's like how do you know you don't even know me yet you don't know anything about me and so to take that pressure off that hey this first date we're evaluating whether or not we're going to get married there's some wisdom to that in that you should never date somebody that you wouldn't be willing to marry mm. because you never know who you're going to develop feelings for and who you're going to fall in love with. So if you already see red flags going into it, things that, ooh, that is not marriage material, then just don't even go there. And so set it, set that really good boundary. In terms of taking it slow and just getting to know each other, we, we have a thing called Just Coffee. And it's just a little card with about, I don't know, 10 conversation starters. And that we give them the assignment of you have to go with somebody of the opposite sex, invite them to coffee, tell them, hey, it's not a date. It's not any big serious commitment. It's just coffee. You seem like a cool person. I'd like to get to know you better. Is that would you like to go get coffee? And, you know, not reading anything more into that than, hey, this could be a potential really cool friend. And if you work on taking your time to establish that friendship, then the worst thing that could happen would be, okay, it ends. We're, we're not a good match. He's great. I'm great. She's great. But we're just not a good match. And that's okay. But at least you walk away with a good friend. Right. And at most, you may ultimately discover over time, wow, you know what? We really do click. We really do mesh. I really enjoy them. I could potentially see 
a future with them. At least at this point, there's no big red flag. So then at that point, you can make the decision if you want to date exclusively. But for casual dating, you don't have that exclusivity yet. You don't have that physical intimacy yet of holding hands, kissing, certainly not, you know, beyond that biblically. And so that's where it really is the idea of building a really good solid friendship, because that's going to be the basis of your long-term commitment and relationship. We've been married for so long, and I can honestly say, I mean, three kids, grandkids later, decades. I can honestly say I would rather hang out with Chris than anybody else. We have fun. We laugh together. We cry together. He's been my constant companion. He's been my... um, my rock that I lean on in hard times. He's been the one to carry me through some really hard times with the Lord. I've been there for him to carry him through. We've seen a lot of really bright, great, fun days. We've seen some really heartbreaking days together over our decades. Mm. And I would honestly rather hang out with him than anybody else. Uh, maybe tell tell the listeners some of my good qualities and maybe start listing them. <laughs> and, and maybe after 10, I'll, I'll, I'll add some more. <laughs> Not really. So yeah, I think you're right, Lisa. There's just a friendship part that we want to just say, instead of calling it dating, I guess you could call it like Lisa did, casual dating or just getting to know each other. And we take away the stigma and the worry, yeah. but also the pressure. Or talking. Yeah, we're just going to go talking. have coffee. There's nothing wrong with having coffee with somebody. Why call it a date? Just say, and it is casual dating. It's just coffee. And you may, so what if you go three times? You enjoyed it. And then you can maybe go, I'll tell you what, let's go on a real date. Let's go on a not just a coffee date. Let's go get a hamburger. Mm-hmm. Or let's mm-hmm. go get food or pizza. And that's going to be a first date, but... It takes the pressure off if you see those first times as, man, I just like to get to know you more as a friend. That's what I would do. If you had somebody that's your friend and you live in the same dorm with and you thought, you know, you know, she was fun and you liked her, you'd probably go, well, let's just go on, you know, let's go and grab coffee. That's what you would do with a friend. Nothing weird yeah. about that. So anyway, what do you think? As we're wrapping up, I really like everything that you're saying. I appreciate mm-hmm. your different perspectives. That's mm-hmm. something my RD was talking about. He's like, gosh, I just wish people at Biola would like not put a pressure on like a date. Mm-hmm. Like just go out and like know the person, get to know mm-hmm. the person, not, mm-hmm. not just say like, oh, we're going on a date. Like, okay, yeah. you can tone it back a bit because I think especially in our context, date has a completely yeah. different uh, completely different perspective yeah. than You're other right. things like my cousin he went to a, a state school in Idaho and his his perception of dating completely different yeah. than mine mm-hmm. but as we wrap up usually sure. one of the things we like to ask at the end of our Biola backstage episodes is what advice do you have for Biola students but mm-hmm. I want to narrow that down specifically sure. what advice do you have for single Biola students yes just about to launch into a week filled with love and romance yeah. and couples and flowers and uh, chocolates and everything like yeah. that. I, yeah, I'll go first. I, my advice would be this. Time, being healthy, and focusing on God is your key to having a great relationship if he calls you to that this, this week, this month, or next year, or way down the road. Concentrate on your relationship with God. Be healthy. Enjoy time together with him. Enjoy you. Figure out what you like and dislike and learn about yourself and go with friends and do that. And practice being 
a good friend. What does that mean? Everybody wants somebody, the top qualities we want in another person, do we want them to be kind and warm and intelligent and friendly? That's all the same. Be that person yourself. And you'll be surprised when you stop thinking and worrying about everybody else dating and you're like, no, I'm going to work on my friendships and being fun and having a blast and learning and work on me and God and give him my life and trust him. He will bring that person that's in my life for me. And yeah, and I, I think a really important principle is that you really need to be okay being alone and just with yourself and who you are as a person before you can ever be a really good, healthy partner for someone else. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. We have our students read this one book that is really great by, uh, she's a marriage and family therapist, but she wrote a book called True Love Dates. And I just really love it because she says you date in this order. And, And one of the first two is what Chris is talking about, that you date God. You get to know him and you form your relationship with him and you work on growing and pursuing God with that gazelle-like intensity. And then you pause to look around to see who's catching and staying up with you. And then you date that person, Mm. right? So date God first, pursue him with all your heart, because that's even, that's going to make you a better partner for somebody else, more healthy partner for somebody else when you're walking closely with him. The second one is to date yourself and getting to know yourself. And college is such a beautiful time to do that, especially here at Biola, where we have just an abundance of resources for you to do work in your own heart, your own emotional, mental health. And we have the Biola Counseling Center. We have the Center for Marriage and Relationships that has free relationship advice. There's all sorts of resources through student development where this is a time to explore. What are some things that, you know, that may impede a good, healthy relationship for me? Maybe you didn't come from a home where your mom and dad have a really great a healthy marriage and you you don't have those role models to really know how to do it. Maybe you've gone through some kind of trauma or crisis and there's really some deep healing and work that needs to be done there before you're really ready to offer your heart to someone else and entrust them. It could be that your heart's just been broken or you you just have some mental health issues, struggling with anxiety, depression. It's not that you have to be completely healthy and mature and developed as much as you're ever going to be before you date. Yeah, because you never will be. No, we're all There's growing. Always we're all maturing. But you do want to make sure that you've laid a really good foundation ahead of time so that you are a really good, healthy partner and ready to be able to love someone well if and when the Lord brings that person to your life. And then you're ready to date other people. So date God, date yourself, do that work, maybe, you know, get some help with a a professional, and then, then you're ready to date others. I love that. And so the final answer, I think, Charlotte, to your question would be, if I see my friends, they're all having flowers and given to them and chocolates and it's a weird hard season and it's Valentine's and I'm alone. I think what you do at that point is you realize you're not alone. Mm-mm. God is loves me. I, what would he call me to do as a friend? To celebrate. If my friend is going out on a date and they're happy, enjoy, have fun with them, live vicariously through them, be excited for them. 
but recognize that he's never given up on you. You're never out of his mind. You are whole and complete through him. And when you see that happening Mm -hmm. for others, you can just say, Lord, I would really like that. That'd be cool. I hope next year I get that. It'd be fun. But as of now, I'm just going to be excited that you have something better in store for me than this Valentine's. Mm -hmm. And, And I'm happy, Lord, just enjoying learning about you, about myself, and then about yeah. others. I think I think another great thing is that you pour into someone else, perhaps. Yeah. You know, so maybe you get your girlfriends that you know, your your guy friends that are on the margins that you know don't have somebody Ooh, that's uh, a date in their lives, and all of you go out and celebrate Valentine's for each other, and yeah. and what is it, Galentines or Palentines? Yeah. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but I love what you said, Chris. I think you were spot on as as you closed that mm-hmm. and. So I can't improve on that at all. No, that's I'm good. just going to leave that, that right there. No, that's good. Good job. Well, thank you, Dr. Grace and Elisa, for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And I've learned so much all just right. speaking to both of you. If uh, we had more time, I think we could end up having like a five-hour conversation yeah. about all sorts so much of different to talk things. About. Yeah, yeah, check out the Art of Relationships podcast as well if you want more. But we agree, Charlotte. Mm-hmm. This would be fun to do again. So thank you. Thanks for having us. It was a pleasure having the Graces on this episode of Biola Backstage. If you want to hear more from them, we've linked their podcast, The Art of Relationships, in the show descriptions below. Next week, join us as we talk to Dr. Matt Hall ahead of his Provost installation on February 24th. Until next time, Biola. Biola.